You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to the Earth Station MCU Podcast, your home for all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, including Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, The Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, and so much more. Visit us at our Facebook group, Earth Station MCU, at earthstationmcu.wordpress.com, or email us at earthstationmcu at gmail.com. Marvel Universe. My name is Jennifer Hartzorn, and I am here as your host of Earth Station MCU for our 50th episode. Woohoo! Yay! Super exciting. Uh, we have got a lot of stuff to talk about. We've got a really good episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. coming up. We've got uh, some news about upcoming movies and all, all kinds of good stuff. So without further ado, I would like to welcome my co-host, Mr. John Rabin. I want to thank everybody for the 50th episode, our fans, the Academy, Clark Gregg for not taking out that restraining order yet. Uh, <laughs> just everyone has made this so special. Indeed, indeed. It's, 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 been, it's been a pleasure. Uh, and here's to 50 more, and or maybe 100 or 300 more. We'll Let's see. go for syndication. Yes, exactly. What is it, 200 to get syndicated? Isn't I think so. Number? Like at least, uh, I want to say, doesn't it take at least three seasons? I don't know. I don't know. All right. But we'll 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 we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll we'll see how how things go. All right. Cool. Well, uh, like I said, we got a lot of stuff going on. But you uh, got to dress up as Captain America this evening, I believe. Yes. I did. Uh, the uh, the town that I work for, um, we actually do our national night out in October because um because it's going to be a little bit cooler mm -hmm. and our police chief uh decided on the theme of a night of heroes so he cool. wanted superheroes he knew i was into that sort of thing so i made sure i had all my uh all my stuff for captain america awesome. uh, tonight i actually ended up chasing down the dhl truck uh <laughs> to get my boot covers in time awesome yeah and it was just it was a great experience uh, you know a lot of people like it's captain america yeah it's kind of like kids who want to like come up and hug you and oh, that's uh, awesome one kid actually uh said to me um i didn't know you were real oh that's adorable that's like right right in my heart you know yeah right in the feels that's yeah. awesome and it's it's completely like a different uh a completely different character and a different costume than anything you do because you put it on and it feels different. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's a, I'm, I'm sure people, it's a, a very different reaction than you get from people in all your, your other various right. uh, cosplay guises. I mean, you're, you're, yeah. you're a big deal when you're Captain America. Not that, not that you're not a big deal as Coulson and Vision, of course. Right. And, and uh, you know, but, you have to go to you have to go to a convention really for those to stand out. Right. But everybody knows Captain America. Everybody knows Iron Man. Uh, mm -hmm. Going over to the other guys, everybody knows Superman, Batman, sure. Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. 
absolutely and and there's you know there's there's a responsibility when you're when you're you know playing uh somebody like Captain America you know because because little kids are going to come up and and hug you and think that mm-hmm. that you're a big damn hero and and it's I think it's very very cool and very appropriate that uh that your town does that because that is yeah. is super cool. Awesome. Yeah, I mean I just I had to after um the last thing we did where we needed a hero and I borrowed a, a cap suit from my friend Rob, uh, friend Robbie Mm-hmm. And um, it's like I I gotta get one of these for myself. That's awesome, very very cool. Uh, actually, um, something now that now that we bring it up about uh, about cosplay and whatnot, I'm super psyched because uh, her universe, which uh, has been partnering with Hot Topic and Torrid lately, um, to do a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of cool cosplay stuff. Um, they've got some uh, sort of uh, stealth cosplay outfits. Uh, that they're coming out with that are going to be at Hot Topic, including a Peggy Carter dress that is super nice. It's navy blue. It's got that wide white collar that she wears in the the iconic red, white, and blue picture. And it's got a little little SSR um, thing on the uh, uh, logo. The one thing about that is because it's blue and white and it's got the SSR, it actually looks kind of like a 70s stewardess outfit. (laughs) <laughs> but uh but I think if you had the red hat with it it would it would be perfect. Yeah, my friend Carrie bought one and mm-hmm. it looks great. Um like it's almost to the point where and I know that um you know there the market for uh female fans has been so dry. Yeah. And devoid of anything worthwhile for years. Yep. I almost wish her universe would start making stuff for guys too, because it's yeah. all fantastic. And I think Ashley Eckstein and the designers uh, and everybody who works for her universe deserves a huge amount of credit for all the wonderful things that they turn out for female fans. A- absolutely, and and yeah, like like you said, it's um, they're doing, and and one of the things that I love is they're doing stuff like this line, and they've done this for for. Um, uh, a couple of other product lines as well. Um, stuff right. that you can really wear in real life. That's yeah. like, you know, stealth cosplay stuff where you you feel super cool because you're wearing it and anyone who, who gets it is going to be like, oh my god, you're wearing the Scarlet Witch jacket or whatever. But you don't have to, you know, feel like you're, you're going to get a funny look if you have to run, you know, into the grocery store or something. So... Right, it's something cool. that can pass for normal, but you know that you're expressing your geekdom. Exactly, exactly, and I think that is a wonderful thing. Um, and yeah, it's funny because for for so many years, there was at the very least there were there were lots of T-shirts, you know, for guy superheroes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, and and I think that that her universe was was formed in part in. In, as a reaction to that, that it's that was so hard to find merchandise for, uh, you know, for sometimes you could get some Wonder Woman stuff, but that was basically about it. Um, so, so yeah, they're they're great folks, and uh, we definitely support the stuff that they're doing. So, all right, cool. So uh, we got a number of things coming up. Um, the director of Thor Ragnarok, uh, I feel like he was possibly kind of trolling, but uh, he he mentioned. Um, a character named Korg yes. coming to Ragnarok. Um, what can you tell me about uh, about Korg? Well, we've kind of seen Korg already. Um, mm-hmm. uh, maybe not necessarily him exactly, but his his race 
or his species mm-hmm. um, are the rock people that um, Thor actually busted up in the last movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Um, but he is a major part of uh, of the comic line or the uh, the storyline of World War Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, he was an ally to Hulk when Hulk was battling on the the distant planet, mm-hmm. um, and becomes a major part of his entourage for a little while. So, so basically, if you've got Horg, uh, sorry, Korg, not Korg, uh, Hulk and Korg, it's going to be like all CGI action all the time, basically, right? Yeah, it's, there's going to be some pretty good stuff. I mean, of course, we know we're going to get to see some of Mark Ruffalo too, but right, right. But but uh, if if they're you know if they're teaming up and it's it's a battle scene, then then I mean, Korg does not seem like the kind of guy that you you know invite to to dinner with with Loki or something. He's he's going to be in the scenes where there's there's going to be ass kicking going on. Yeah, so. there's going to be some fighting going on. Absolutely. Uh, certainly seems like. Whatever starts their journey, Thor finds Hulk battling in this arena. So it could be Hulk and Korg battling. We don't know yet. Yeah, they could be. They could be allies. They could be against each other. We just don't know yet. But uh, but yeah, that's definitely something to look forward to. Um, we have uh, another thing. Uh, Kevin Feige talking about Mads Mikkelsen's character uh, coming up in Doctor Strange, which mm-hmm. I believe is Kaecilius, maybe or Kaecilius. I would say, yeah, I would say Caecilius, but you know, we'll see it whenever we actually get some uh, audio interviews, right? And we'll somebody just, has to pronounce this for us. We'll we'll just say Mads Mikkelsen's character. How about that? Or um, yeah, or you know, we got we got less than a month at this. Yeah, point. exactly. It's not that long of a wait, but uh, but yeah, uh, he he told us uh, there was an interview with him uh, where we. Uh, got to hear some uh, a little bit about that character. So, mm-hmm. uh, what what all did uh, what all did we find out with that? Uh, I think it's more or less like the big reveal that I got from it was mm-hmm. that there probably is somebody behind the scenes who's influencing Caselius, right? Um, and which is kind of what I figured from the beginning because it's you know number one why why you pick such kind of a, a low level minor villain. Mm-hmm. You know when Doctor Strange has so many bigger bads in his in his career. Yeah, I, I guess my one argument against that is you don't pick up Mads Mikkelsen and just put him in a throwaway minor part. Oh, of course not. Unless so, you want to make that minor part into a major part. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, so yeah. I mean, while while he while that's not a major character in the comics, I think that you. With with yeah. the casting of it, I think uh, that he's he's certainly going to be a big deal. And this is definitely like a trick that Marvel does. I mean, look at look at Rocket Raccoon and Groot. Right. I'm mm-hmm. Bradley Cooper and Vin Diesel. Right. Exactly. Those guys are those guys are headliners. Exactly. You don't you don't hire them to to you know to just be a little one off that's only on screen for ten minutes. They're they're a big deal. Um, I, I'm I'm really going to be interested, and I think we mentioned this on the show last week, uh, to see if there's any connection between uh, the way uh, Castilius looks and um, the visions that the the um, the ghosts are causing or, or having on um, on people on Agents yeah. of Shield. But we'll, we'll get we'll get to that later. But it just it seems like a, a very similar kind of look with the the darkness and the cracking around the eyes, but. But we shall see. Yeah, and I think I think they've said in interviews that that's intentional. They have maybe said not that? direct, maybe not directly, not directly oh, okay. related, but mm-hmm. 
you know, trying to tie into that a little bit. Right. And kind I, I've, of evoke that. Yeah, the they've, they've mentioned they've mentioned a number of things about how this season is going to have things that tie into Doctor Strange, but mm-hmm. I didn't know if that's you know just the book or or. And of course, so did uh, so did Agent Carter season two. Yeah, yeah, and we'll uh, as as we get up closer to when uh, when the movie's coming out, we'll probably do a little little recap of that because yeah, there's there's stuff, and I mean, and in theory that can also tie in with Ant Man, right, with the quantum realm or the quantum something yeah possibly because they did say that was kind of the first exploration of other universes right right um so yeah so uh that's going to be super cool um to see how all of those things tie in together um we also uh have been getting um uh of course with dr strange coming out in just just about a, a month or so right uh, beginning yep. of, of November, um, we're getting lots and lots more information on that. Um, there's the character of Wong, who is, uh, uh, you know, portrayed. He's he's a sidekick, right? In in the comics, he's he's uh, yeah, he's, kind of he's kind of more of Doctor Strange's butler almost, or assistant. Right, kind of, uh, and and I've seen people draw the the uh the parallel to Cato with uh with green hornet of the you know and it's 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 kind of a kind of a, a an offensive cliche to us now of having you know the the asian servant guy who's you know following mm-hmm. the 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 white hero around but um but it sounds like uh they're doing some very cool stuff with it uh with yeah. that character in uh, in Doctor Strange he's going to uh, Kevin Feige has said that it's going to be very different from what we've seen in the comic books. So, yeah, and then very much um, this version of Wong is very much more a, a partner to Strange mm-hmm. and a mentor figure rather than just the assistant. And that's um, if you follow the the current Doctor Strange comics as something mm-hmm. that um, Wong is, is is taking more of a role of as 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 more of a partner rather than just a manservant. Right. He's more, um, he's more of an ally. Um, yeah, and, and he's, exactly. uh, and he's a, a master, um, of the, uh, of the, uh, and I'm blanking on the name of it, but basically the, the, the arts mystic that, arts. Yeah. The mystic arts that, uh, uh, at the sanctum that, uh, Dr. Strange is going to be yeah. learning. So, um, and so if yeah, you've read the, if you've read the prelude comic for the movie, um, mm-hmm. you know, Wong is already established as a master of the mystic arts well before Strange comes along. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, him and Caselius and uh, and a couple other major characters. If you know you're a comic nerd, you'll you'll recognize. Okay, cool. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it sounds that uh, they they've got um, uh, on uh, MCU Exchange, which it's funny mm-hmm. because MCU Exchange it seems like they sort of went on hiatus the same time that we did, and then. Right around the same time that we came back, I guess it was was having uh, Agents of Shield back on the air. They have uh, come back with a yeah. vengeance, um, and uh, they've got a, a pretty good size. Everybody interview. needs a vacation sometimes. Indeed, indeed, they've got a pretty good sized uh, <laughs> interview with Benedict Wong, who uh, coincidentally happens to be playing the character of Wong. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's a that's a good interview. We'll have that uh, linked on the website. So, uh, Although, so yeah, um, if I could. If I can interject with one, one side aside, uh, one of my favorite moments actually in the comics um, 
it comes when the, the new Avengers team, which includes Doctor Strange, has mm-hmm. uh, kind of taken residence in Avengers Mansion, and the Avengers themselves are in uh, are in the Avengers Tower. Mm-hmm. And um, Edwin Jarvis and Wong come into contact for the first time. <laughs> Jarvis having been used to being the Avengers butler in the mansion, mm-hmm. and Wong basically tells him off and tells him he'll cut him if he tries to mess with his kitchen. Oh, that's awesome. That's very yeah. cool. Very cool indeed. Um, another bit of uh, of Doctor Strange news. Of course, we're going to have um, the next Avengers team-up movie will be uh, starting to uh, film fairly soon. It seems like as soon as one thing finishes in Atlanta, they've got another thing coming in. We had uh, we had Guardians of the Galaxy, which went straight right. into uh, Spider-Man, and uh, now, as I understand it, they've got they've got they're doing you know pre pre-location scouting and, and, and things like that. So um, so that's super excited, but uh, exciting yeah. rather. Um, but uh, one of the things that we heard, which is not not a huge surprise, but we got confirmation that Doctor Strange is going to be a part of that. And Yes, uh, um, this definitely seems like it's going to be the movie that brings everyone together. Um, exactly. Of course, we also have the rumor that uh, Captain Marvel is going to make her appearance in infinity war before her own film which would be awesome i'm just i'm just impatient i'm really i want to i want to get her out there and, and on the team you know much much like they did with totally. spider-man you know we had we had uh, spider-man before his solo movie showing up in uh, in civil war so i think that would be super cool i mean that is a that is a, a history uh, that marvel has done we've gotten um we got Black Widow in Iron Man two. Mm-hmm. We That's got true. Hawkeye in in, in Thor. Thor. Yep. Uh, they always like they like to bring in the uh, these characters before they make an appear a greater appearance in a later film. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and so I think I think that's going to be that's going to be super awesome. Um, Of course, one of the challenges um, is that not not to say that all the other people that are that are uh, the main cast of Avengers are not super busy with other movies. Obviously, they've got lots of things going on. But man, Benedict Cumberbatch, he is a hard guy to pin down. And so I, I know they mentioned in the article that that's sort of one of the challenges is trying to get his schedule to sync up with everybody else's so that he can actually be in the movie. But it sounds like that's something that they're mm-hmm. uh, they're definitely con- uh, committed to making sure that happens. So yeah, because that was one of the things um, that was one of the things I think we discussed last week where mm-hmm. um, they had. You know, they had to kind of work around his schedule in order to get him for the film. Exactly. And uh, and, and both being uh, British TV fans, I, I assume you probably saw the uh, the, um, the, the uh, thing dealing with Sherlock, that he seems to be uh, indicating yeah. that this is probably going to be the last, uh, the last season of Sherlock. And, you know, we go, like, sometimes two years between seasons of Sherlock, but they're, they're at the point where I just don't think that it's, it's feasible to, to mesh up people's schedules anymore. Um, but, but he has said that he would like to come, right. come back and play Sherlock at some point, so... So anyway, he's a busy, busy guy. Yeah, you know, I think, I think at some point in Infinity War, we have to do what the fans want and say, um, you know, there just needs to be a no shit Sherlock moment when the, the between the two of them, Cumberbatch and Robert Downey Jr. look at each other. Absolutely, yeah. Or you know, or or you know, maybe Hawkeye says it and they look at each other and they look at him or shrug or something. But uh, but yeah, that that needs to happen. 
Um, so speaking of uh, speaking of references and uh, and Easter eggs and whatnot, of course, uh, I think both you, uh, both of us have been binge watching uh, Luke Cage ever since it came out on Friday, and I believe you you finished it this weekend, right? I did, and uh, my I haven't gotten billed yet by iTunes, but I've added a lot of the songs. Yeah, I want the I want the actual instrumental soundtrack now because there's at least one thing I couldn't pin down that I mm-hmm. I'm sure had to just be like uh, like something made just for the show. Uh huh. The uh, the the but Method it's, Man it's song great. is 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 fantastic. I know they made a a music video of that already. Um, and if you haven't gotten that far, um, the Method Man song does uh, does appear like as part of the story. Exactly. Um, it's called Bulletproof Love, and it is in, um, I believe it's, let's see, I'm in season, uh, I'm in episode 12, so I think it was at the end of episode 11 that that came in. Or yeah. Maybe, maybe it was the beginning of 12. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it is, it is very cool. Um, he's actually in it in, in several scenes, um, and uh, it's, it's super, super cool. And, uh, you know, I have a special love uh, for this series because Mike Coulter is, uh, is an yeah, we both went to the University of South Carolina. Obviously, he went there way before I did, uh-huh. um, so no, I do not know him. Um, Fair enough. I mean, it's, I mean, it's kind of cool. I've, I've, my, uh, my uh, alumni connection in that respect is uh, I went to the same college as Joss Whedon did, which was pretty darn cool. But, but again, he was, he was yeah. way before me, and uh, Lin Manuel Miranda was way after me. The only person who's like uh, super famous that I did overlap with was yes, I went to school with Lemony Snicket, which is pretty cool. But uh but anyway, Luke I Cage I think anybody that I know is or anybody that I went to school with is famous yet, but we'll we'll, we'll see eventually. Maybe it'll be me, I hope. Indeed, <laughs> indeed, exactly. But that makes um, uh that makes two major MCU players who come from the state of South Carolina. Oh, cuz Chadwick Boseman, right? Uh, Yep, Chadwick Boseman's from Anderson, and uh, Mike is from uh, Columbia. Very cool. That's awesome. So uh, we're actually uh, hopefully going to be talking a lot more about uh, Luke Cage next week because we've got a week off from uh, from watching Agents of Shield due to the debate, uh, which uh, the less said about the better, I think. Uh, but one of the uh, neat. Uh, little Easter eggs that some very uh, enterprising person apparently screenshotted is um, at one point where they are looking into Luke's past. They uh, they have a uh, pulling up. I think it's the, they're like pulling it up on microfiche or something. They've got a uh, son of local mm-hmm. preacher char- charged with grand theft auto. And oh yeah. If you zoom in in very, very tiny type next to it, uh, there's something about um, Benefactor's Ball here in Savannah last Thursday, Brown, a lifelong resident of the community, blah, 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 the, the flux capacitor. Uh, could one day make time travel possible and plutonium and uh, so yes, a lot a lot of people are trying to say oh, Back to the Future is now part of the MCU. I, I think that's a bit of a stretch. No, come on, just just some fanboys having fun. All right. Exactly, exactly. But uh, you know, you are you already got your uh, um, Howard the Duck in there. We, we we don't have to add any more uh, '80s cheese in that. Uh, than is absolutely necessary. But, you know, it's... I it's we should make a new Howard the Duck movie with Seth Green as a voice. I think it would be good. 
Well, you know, I I, I have learned not he to would, doubt. He Marvel. would have none of the cheese and the awfulness of the George Lucas film. That that would be outstanding. And you know what? I I trust Marvel to 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 do a good job with it. I know I've got uh, one of my my good fellow podcasting friends has been uh has been talking a bit online about how he uh he thinks that defenders is going to be terrible and luke and um uh iron fist is going to be terrible and this is going to be terrible and the thing is you know it's it's not that long ago that everyone was saying oh my god ant-man is gonna suck because the director left and the writer left and it's going to be terrible and you know we had you know, we, even Paul Rudd's own son was like that sounds stupid right exactly and uh you know we had um you know when guardians of the galaxy was first being talked out pe- talked about people were like oh my god they're going to have a talking raccoon and a tree as main characters that's going to be so stupid but all of these things have ended up being super, super cool. So um, I, I would... Yeah, meanwhile, somewhere out in California, Kevin Feige is going, a god am I. <laughs> perhaps he is. Perhaps he is. But uh, but yeah, so I have, you know, if they wanted to do a Howard the Duck thing, more mm-hmm. power to him. And, and I think that Seth Green would be, uh, would be fantastic for that. So, um, all right, Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be talking about uh, this week's episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Meet the New Boss. Hello, my name is Jay Patrick, and that is Adam. Hello. Join us for the Adam and JP Show. Hello. Available on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Hello. Get it now. Hello. Oh, we're just kidding. (laughs) If you love comics... Video games, movies, wrestling. And who doesn't? These are all great things that make us who we are. That's true. Then you should join us for the Adam and JP Show. You actually can get it on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Yeah, that, that part was true. And right here on the ESO Network. And adamandjp.com. Welcome back, Marvel Universe. And now we are here to talk about uh, the episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Meet the New Boss, the second episode of this new season. And uh, we had a lot of very cool stuff going on. Uh, of course, we had, um, we had you know, more Ghost Rider stuff. We had more stuff with the, uh, with the uh, mysterious ghosts and, and the things going on with them. And we also had... Uh, like the title says, meet the new boss. We get to see uh, a little bit about uh, Jeffrey. So I know mm-hmm. when they, um, when uh, the the actor um, was was first talking about uh, the the character that he was going to play, he said something about how it was going to be a character that had very deep roots going back into uh, the 40s. And it turns out that he is playing none other than the Patriot or some version yes. of him. So Jeffrey, in this case, stands for Jeffrey Mace. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those who aren't terribly familiar with Cap's history, um, in the real world, um, they still produced Captain America stories with Steve Rogers into the 1950s and early 1960s, mm-hmm. bef- well before he was um, given the whole Frozen and Ice story. The Capsicle. Uh, and, started, yeah, and started appearing in Avengers. Mm-hmm. And they tried to retroactively fix that by saying that Cap was frozen in 1944 or 45 mm-hmm. and that other patriotic heroes had taken up the mantle for him in, in during that interlude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jeffrey Mace is actually 
the second person um, to do that, the first being William Nisland, um, who was, I think he went by the Minuteman or some, something. Mm-hmm. Yep, that, that sounds right. Yeah, and uh, Jeffrey Mace was the Patriot, and he was actually a home front um, superhero who worked to disrupt spy rings and saboteurs and whatnot. Very cool, yeah. And uh, while Nisland actually died as Cap, um, Mace was able to live a good life and retire. Yeah, and and so knowing that, uh, there's there's certainly some question as to, you know, how much of that they're actually going to use as part of part of the series. Um, you know, right. there's there's of course the the climactic moment where uh, he's fighting with May, and she says you're a monster, and he says I prefer the term inhuman. So. Um, it sounds like the, the Jeffrey Mace Patriot version in the comics was, he was just a dude, right? He didn't have any super yeah, soldier he had serum. no superpowers. Right. Um, he was basically like one of these peak physical humans. Okay. Um, no powers whatsoever. Like Black Widow kind of thing. Well, I mean, although she yeah. had the Red Room training and stuff, but, but yeah, peak, 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 uh, you know, uh, maximum, maximum human stats with no bonuses. Maximum basically. effort. Exactly. Sorry. Exactly. So, uh, um, so we don't know at this point, uh, and there's a couple of different directions that they could go with it. It could be, um, it could yeah. be that he is actually, you know, the the uh, a, a super super old dude, and when he got the fish pills, he de-aged. Is one of the things that I've heard as a theory. Yeah, and it's uh, one of those things. If you've been watching Luke Cage, um, and you know. Minor spoiler alert if you haven't gotten this far. Um, Luke's Luke's uh, bulletproof qualities, his super strength, all come from the fact that his cells regenerate. Mm-hmm. So it could be that whatever Jeffrey's inhuman power is, it does the exact same. And in this case, it you know they, his cells regenerate to the point where he's kind of in his, his the peak of his life. Right. Right, so it's it's not just you know it's like uh, healing factor is is the way that it's usually described with somebody like Wolverine or something that they they heal right. incredibly fast. Um, but yeah, it would actually make sense if that sort of uh, he he uh, was was healing so well that it was taking him back to when he was in peak condition. So um, you know, although he's it, it certainly seems I mean it certainly seems like he is he has something beyond just peak. Uh, peak conditioning because you know may is established as one of the most badass hand-to-hand combat people uh in in the mcu in terms of uh you know just regular human um being able to to go toe-to-toe with just about anybody and he kicks her ass (laughs) <laughs> he, he, she, she goes to, you know, yeah, to, to I mean, punch he him. Takes and, a lick and then keeps on ticking. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's, it's like, you know, it, punching a, punching a, you know, cement wall or something like that. She just, she goes after him and he's like, nope, and picks her up and tosses her yeah. like a rag doll. So clearly he's got, you know, he's got Captain America level strength is what it, what it seems like. Yeah, certainly, and uh, certainly a great deal of durability, probably even more than Cap has. Mm-hmm. Potentially. 
Um, so it, it'll be yeah. interesting to see the way that they they weave that together um, with the Inhumans plotline and drawing on the uh, the Patriot stuff. And it, it may be that uh, it's entirely possible that you know he's not the guy from from the forties. But um, we know that that you yeah. know Phil had made references to you know if if he can't be director of Shield, he would love for uh, Steve Rogers to be. Um, but uh, yeah. it would be it would be very fitting. If uh, you know, they Steve's can't get made Steve. that a little bit problematic. Steve has indeed made that a bit problematic right now to be uh, heading up absolutely anything uh, to do with the government. But um, although if... you know that is actually a, um, that is another comic Easter egg where mm-hmm. Steve has been the director of Shield before. Right, right. Um, but you know, given Coulson's uh, uh, you know minor minor fanboy obsession with Cap. Uh, of course, he's going to say that that that's who you don't want to have in charge. But uh, yeah. but yeah, having Jeffrey Mace is is a fun um, a fun uh, you know if you can't have Cap, you can have you know Cap Light Diet Cap. Um, so uh, I think that's that's going to be very cool. And he is a really interesting character. I felt like um, they really stepped mm-hmm. up the writing in this episode. Um, we had uh, a scene between um, between Daisy and uh, Robbie that was uh, that was was very um, very Game of Thrones. It was very political. There was a lot of talking on multiple levels. You know, uh, mm-hmm. they were trying to have a conversation in front of one of his coworkers, where she was basically saying, "I know what you are, and I know what you can do." And she, but she was talking in terms of, oh yeah, I knew this guy in high school. So uh, that's that's a little bit more sophisticated writing than we're used to seeing, I think, most of the time. Um, and what I thought was really cool was the first scene that they had between uh, the new director and Coulson and May. Yeah, and you know the kind of the, like he's making us wait on purpose. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, you know, so there's there was there was that political element with that. And the reason that he was so busy mm-hmm. was because he was giving tours to senators. He was, he yeah, was playing because, politics. Yeah. And of course, now that everything is is back in the public and in the open, mm-hmm. you've got to have government funding. You've got to have oversight, which means that you can't tell the uh, the appropriations committee no, you can't come see our secret base. Right, exactly. Um, and uh, and and so he was, but he was, he's very slick. You know, he's very. Um, he knows how to how to work a crowd. He knows how to to play politics. Um, right. And uh, you know, he uh, he's he's very good at at buttering people up. At one point, he's giving a tour, and uh, uh, he he introduces Coulson and he's like now this is the man that knows everything and Coulson's like yeah I, yeah. Know, a, I know a little bit of SSR history <laughs> and he's like yeah and then of course he asked him the question when was this place built I don't remember 1949 yeah, exactly exactly I actually had that in my notes um, and, and then Coulson goes on to talk about how Peggy Carter herself oversaw the construction of this base and it's you know it's it's super cool, but uh, they go and talk to Simmons. Same kind of thing. He, you know, really talks mm-hmm. up how cool she is, um, and then uh, that sort of sort of gets into. And I'm I, I know I'm jumping all around right now, but when uh, when when they go in to see Simmons, uh, they have just had a little uh, a little um, incident. incident. <laughs> yes, 
Yes, exactly. And that's one of the one of the good things. What like you can see the underlying uh, intelligence and the kind of the larger game that Mace is playing. Mm-hmm. Because you can like when he's trying to ask, like trying to um, ask Simmons about, hey, what's what what's delayed you? Blah blah blah. And then when she kind of gives him a curt, we can't talk about that in front of them. He gets it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And immediately steers it away from it. Yeah, he uh, when when she basically is like, uh, no, we can't show them the containment unit right now. Um, he turns around with a big smile and he's like, hey, do you guys want to see the uh, the Quinjet? And everyone's like, ooh, yeah. And so he very yes. seamlessly redirects them to that. It gets something right. Congressmen are easily distracted. <laughs> it it would definitely uh, it I'm would definitely kidding. seem well. Yeah, I mean that's that's uh, you know he he. This is a very political character. He's very savvy. He knows he knows right. how to manipulate people, um, and so it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, and so far it seems to be you know, in a good way as opposed to a ne- as opposed to a negative or kind of an ulterior motive. Right. You know, a- absolutely. It's uh, it's it's something where uh, he he certainly seems to be using his powers for good in this case. But yeah. but it's interesting. It's an interesting contrast to think that this is you know if this is a guy who has worn the mantle of of Captain America, so to speak, that's so completely the opposite of Steve. You know, Steve is just straightforward. He is a good guy and a straight shooter, and he does. He's not slick the way that uh, that this guy is. So yeah, so he's super cool, but we did have a lot of other things going on in this episode. We right. started out with uh, um, the ghost girl uh, being uh, in a house of some people who had no idea what was going on, and she basically drove them crazy. Um, and uh, we, we got some some very cool a very cool scene with her and the other ghosts yeah so we get a bit of a larger understanding of what's going on here yeah it seems like the ghosts were all part of some kind of experiment um you know we don't really know much about them uh other than the fact that they were being stored in these cubes that there's a reactor in that Mm -hmm. room and that they were using a wonderfully mysterious dark book called the dark home Yes. Dark, was it Dark, dark Hold? Hold. Yeah. Dark Hold. The Dark Hold. Yeah. I'm and, sorry, I've heard, I've heard both before. Um, I As soon as I heard that, my uh, my, my little MCU Spidey Sense uh, went off, and I went, hmm. Oh, yeah. And I, uh, I looked that it up. That was an Easter egg. No yes. question. Very, very much, very much. And that, 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 that set me off, and I said, I'm going to go ahead and Google this right now. And uh, yeah. thanks to the uh, Marvel database... Um, which is uh, uh, marvel.wikia.com. Um, they uh, they have a lot of information on that. It is, uh, at least in the comics, it is a very, very ancient book. Um, and it, it is, yeah. It And it permeates a lot of Marvel history um, mm-hmm. because it, its, its origins actually come from uh, the time in the 70s when Marvel had the rights to Conan the Barbarian mm-hmm. and to do yep. those comics. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it originates there, but it's shown up um, both in, in the regular Marvel universe and much later on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mm-hmm. uh, they, they mention in this article about Mephisto uh, having it at one point yep. and Dracula and uh, a number of other characters. And of course, 
uh, something we are interested in right now, it ties in with Doctor Strange as well. So that is pretty cool, you know, and it's it's uh, understandable because, you know, it's a it's a mystical, magical kind of book. And so it makes sense that it would tie in with that. And, and, and I think it's it's funny they they, they uh, have a reference to uh, a, a Demogorge, which uh, in, in the beginning of that article, which makes me go, oh, like Stranger Things. But um, <laughs> but anywho, uh, well, the Demogorgon, the Demogorgon. Indeed, indeed. But uh, but yeah, so they they reference uh, the fact that uh, the the female uh, ghost had uh, had had a copy of that, and uh, that presumably has something to do with uh, with what happened to them, how they they ended up being ghosts. Although there's also talk of some kind of an experiment. They think you know at first when one of the ghosts is released, he's like, "How many hours have we been in there for?" And she's like, "No, it's been many years." So yeah. So you know, rule one: never mess with dark forces you don't understand. Right. Never put the the rules are never put anything CGI in your mouth, and uh, and do not read from the book. <laughs> I think that the, those two things right there are you know that's pretty much pretty much what you need to know. Anybody's ever seen the Evil Dead? You know what we're talking about. Exactly. Obey the rules. Well, you know, do not read from the book from that, but then also the mummy and any number of, of other yes. things as well. Bad, you know, ancient books just 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 don't. The warnings are there for a reason. Exactly. Anybody who's who's read any Cthulhu, you know what we're talking about. Yes. So, uh, so one of the climactic scenes is uh, ends up bringing a number of our plot lines together. We've got um, Mac and Fitz who are trying to track down information about these ghosts. They end up uh, in like a like a warehouse or something, but there's a reactor there. I didn't really yeah, know it's what obviously the deal was where with that. Everything, I mean, it's obviously where everything originated because, of course, that's where the ghosts show up for the first time when we see all of them and not just the uh, the, the the first ghost. Right, right, exactly. There, there's And there's, there's some kind of reactor, and there's a very – it felt like a very Star Trek kind of plotline of, oh no, the reactor's overheating and people are going to die if we can't shut it down. Barons, my poor Barons. So, so there's re- this reactor and it's going to blow. And um, like I said, that you've got all the ghosts there. You've got uh, Simmons and Mac. And uh, incidentally, Mac has taken to, to I'm not Simmons, um, I meant Fitz. You got Fitz and Mac. And Mac has taken to, to calling Fitz Turbo, which. Personally, I don't like that name quite as well as the other ones that Mac has come up with, but uh, but anyway, they're there, and uh, and then coincidentally, we end up with Robbie and uh, and uh, almost called her Sky Daisy showing up as well. Yep. And it ends up being a good thing because, of course, uh, we find out that the ghosts you can shoot at them and nothing happens. But uh, fortunately, because there are ghosts. Exactly, exactly. Or, or you know, mental projections, or however, however they end up, uh, you right. know, explaining of it. Of course, you know, we've have had this uh, this potential situation before um, during season it, one. During season one, and also we we had something similar to it in Agent Carter as well. Maybe not the exact same right. thing, but we had you know somebody who went out of phase basically because of a a science gone amok kind of thing. But it oh, turns... those wacky scientists won't they ever learn their limits? Indeed, indeed, and of course that's you know 
I've got a whole rant building up about about uh, anti-science and technology and the fact that scientists are always evil. But but that's hush. What... Matt, science is good for stories. Exactly, exactly. Well, well, I'll say that. Ask Mary Shelley. Exactly. I, I will. I will save that rant for another time. It ends up being a very good thing uh, that they've shown up because the one thing that can harm a ghost, it turns out, is Robbie. So he is able to uh, take one of the ghosts that was, uh, you know, trying to trigger this this big explosion and basically burn him down to nothing, which was awesome. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I mean, I, I've not well read a lot of Ghost Riders, but I would assume that's within the realm of his powers. Sure. Yeah. I mean, because if you think about it, he's he's doing something to somebody's soul. And so even if they don't have yeah. a body, they've still got a soul. So, uh, and clearly, so, yeah. it seems like these guys did some naughty things. Right, right, exactly. You know, they they uh, uh, they certainly have have uh, blood on their hands, as uh, as as they would say. Um, yeah. But uh, but so anyway, Vengeance, chica. Exactly, exactly. So after after all that goes down and uh, and everything is safe again, uh, we get to have a, a good good talk with uh with Fitz and Mac and Daisy um and and they have some revelations and and whatnot there yeah and I did love um for one thing um Mac lamenting the fact that they never go into anywhere brightly lit to meet with yes. nice people well and yes. uh, also also the continuing use of his shotgun axe yes love the shotgun axe that is that is awesome and yeah without uh without hunter it seems like uh mac is is taking over as the uh uh snarky commentary uh guy who's gonna be uh uh making wise ass remarks and i am fine with that i miss hunter i i, I would love well, to know he kind of did that before he um, did. just usually wasn't with uh with both of them in the room at the same time right right exactly so yeah that's any anything else for big things you want to cover with this episode oh um well i mean now we've got at the end of this we've got daisy and robbie teaming up yep you know and... their 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 missions are starting to intersect Exactly. And, uh, and, and they were, it's, it's, it's an alliance, but they're, they're clearly, you know, they're on the same side, but they're not, they're not buddies. You know, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a, uh, uh, an alliance of convenience because things got, got very, uh, very tense between them, uh, at the garage when, when they were having their little, right. uh, uh, talk there. And I'd like to have an idea of where this Turbo nickname came from. Yeah, that would be cool. Pre presumably there's uh, there's something uh, that that came from, but we just haven't seen what it is yet. Another comment that was just kind of a throwaway line that uh, I think you and I talked about offline a little bit uh, that I would I hope they, they follow back up on. Uh, at one point, the, the director says something to... Um, uh, to Colson about what I don't have is the anonymous unlimited funding that you had. Yeah, I'd like to know where that came from. And I mean, I assume that that was because you know when Shield was was underground that they were getting um, that or or even even before that happened that they were getting significant funding from uh, Stark Enterprises uh, because we know that. 
and I almost called her Robin. <laughs> we know that Maria Hill was was over uh, working with Stark, and she certainly could have diverted funds without uh, without Tony or, or Pepper noticing necessarily. Right, because it's all part of the larger mission, as we saw. You know, they helped find the um, the scepter. Right, exactly, exactly. So they were they were certainly in touch, and uh, and we know that uh, the helicarrier that was that was uh, um, Fury was was having built, uh, I believe, Shield was also uh, uh, involved with that, right? Yes. Um, so uh, so yeah, we we know that there's there's some connections there. Um, but I would love to see them follow up on that. All right. So uh, I guess if there's nothing else for, for big moments we want to touch on, uh, we can go ahead and do our reading. So on a scale of one to five flaming skulls, with one being not so good and five being best flaming skull ever, how would you rate this episode? I'm going to give it a four. Mm-hmm. Cool. I mean, I thought, like, we're, we're continuing... You know, it's not got the the massive impact that the season premiere does, sure. but at the same time, it's continuing the story and it's doing a great job with it. And um, we got even more fights and more coolness from uh, from Ghost Rider and from mm-hmm. everyone that we love. Um, and to you know, of course see what happens to May at the end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, you know, that, yeah, the, the final scene. Yeah, the yeah, final scene. She's. Conflict. She's uh she's basically on a stretcher and and having a complete psychotic break. Um, yeah, which certainly seems to be the effect of these these ghosts interacting with you. Right, right, exactly. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually go four point five with this one. Um, I think that it was um it would have been a good episode, but some of the the dialogue was just. A, a big step up from what I'm used to seeing on Shield. It wasn't just right. exposition; it was um, a level of uh, it, it was layered. There was there was lots right. going on with it, and I I love what they're doing with the new director. So you know, it's it's a situation where it's not like um, like what we had when we had uh, Gonzalez. Uh, previously, and when we had Talbot, where it was a very adversarial situation. And, you know, the way that they set it up at first with, you know, the mm-hmm. director making them wait and all that, I was I was completely expecting him to be a jerk, but he was very trying, you know, he was a good manager. Yeah. He was trying to go for the win-win situation. And, and he does say, you know, I understand why you did this. This is your friend. This is somebody you care about. Right. And then, of course, immediately turns it on its head later on saying, and this is why you're not objective. Right. Right. But mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, he's he's not he's not the jerk that I was expecting, you know, because, you know, when when we hear that Colson's no longer the director, of course, we're going to hate whoever comes in because we want Colson to be the director. But um. I was very impressed. I was very impressed with the actor and with the writing because um, clearly, you know, there's 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 stuff that we don't know still about him, his powers and things like that. But he's he's a, a nuanced bad guy, and we have not had a whole lot of that. Um, you know, that's that's a, a perpetual complaint that people have about the MCU in terms of our villains not being not right. being real subtle uh, and not having a lot of depth. Um, the ones that, that, that people do like are the ones that we had for a long time over multiple, uh, you know, outings, you know, things things like the people in the Netflix series, 
uh, Kilgrave and um, and Punisher and Kingpin, as well as Loki, who's gotten a lot of screen time. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how how that balances. To what degree is he going to be an ally? And to what degree is he an adversary? Is it a matter of methods or or what's going on with that? So I'm really looking mm -hmm. forward to seeing what they do with that. Yeah, and even though, of course, Jeffrey wasn't uh, Coulson's first choice, it certainly seems like he is the type of guy that Coulson wanted. Right, because, I mean, he's... Um, while I'm sure that Coulson would, you know, he would like for it to be him or he would like for it to be Steve Rogers, somebody who's, you know, just good guy through and through at the same time, mm -hmm. even, even if this is, even if this is not the director we want, it's the director we need right now. Right. Because we need somebody right. who knows how to, in, in the aftermath of the Sokovia Accords, who knows how to play politics. Um, and somebody who doesn't, you know, raise questions or, allow shield to be accused of cloak and dagger right someone who at least keeps up who understands how to keep up the appearance of everything being on the up and up um although him yes. being an inhuman is is going to be an interesting twist on that uh to what degree that's going to be a known thing but right. uh Okay, cool. Well, uh, great episode this week. Uh, of course, like I said, we've got uh, this coming week off because of the vice presidential debate. Um, but we've got Luke Cage to talk about. And so uh, I know John and I are both super, super busy right now, but we are going to do our best to get in a Luke Cage episode in the next week or so uh, before we jump back in with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. the week after that. So, as always, thank you guys for listening. Uh, please do, if you have a chance, give us a review on, uh, on iTunes or on Podbean or wherever fine podcasts are found because it really does help us to get the word out to other folks about the podcast. <laughs> as I said, as always, thank you very much for joining me, John. Thank you. Thank you for having me, as always. Indeed. Um, you want to you remind us, <laughs> we haven't talked a little in a little while about your cosplay page. You want to go ahead and plug that? Yes, it's uh, Agent Doctor, and I've been doing a very horrible job about updating <laughs> lately. I need to, I mean, to get together a uh, a gallery of some of my favorite pictures uh, of me from Dragon Con. Uh, not to come off as a complete egotist, but more like if you like this sort of thing, I'm going to give it to you. Yeah, exactly. And and you've got some really cool uh, shots of vision from from this uh, this last convention where people have done up different backgrounds. And I love the the picture yeah, of you great. and uh, you and Grant, uh, uh, not Grant, um, Brett Dalton um, as as Coulson. So yeah, um, I think I told that story, didn't I? You did, you did um, about uh, how that was awkward and yet funny and and awesome. So, uh, so yeah, everybody should go out there and check out John's page because it is some really, really fun stuff. He's got, uh, you're a very talented, uh, cosplayer and you've got a lot of friends that do some really great work and a lot of great photographer friends who, who really do a good job of showcasing that. So everybody I mean, I should do my check best. It it's really, it's really everybody else that makes it awesome. Yeah, it's an ensemble thing, and that's that's part of the fun of uh, of cosplay is is the community that you're in. So, so anyway, thank you exactly. very much, and uh, we will see you guys in one week's time with a new episode of Earth Station MCU.
This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.